Right now, Elliot Friedman, our NHL insider. Elliot Friedman, brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe, your store for everything door and more. Installing doors for your business, glass doors, sliding doors, and handicap accessible doors, plus frames and hardware. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com. I want to start with some breaking news. Uh, Ryan Hartman, who was added at the deadline by the Philadelphia Flyers for, I believe, Wayne Simmons, is now off to Dallas in exchange for Tyler Pitlick. Have you got any intel on this deal between the Stars and the Flyers? Well, one of the things is I believe Pitlick is under uh, contract for one more year at a million dollars. And I do know that one of the reasons that Nashville moved him is because uh, they were worried about what Hartman could do in uh, arbitration. So I wouldn't be surprised if that is a similar type of uh, situation there where you have a bit more of um, salary, I guess, certainty with Pitlick than you do with uh, Hartman. So that's to me, that's probably the issue. Listening to uh, yourself and Chris Johnson on this week's 31 Thoughts podcast, it it does sound like uh, Dallas is a club that that is looking to make improvements. They got a bit of space. You'd mentioned Colorado as well. Those are two sneaky teams that we really haven't talked about a ton in terms of free agency, and yet here they are with cap space and exercising that muscle here, right? Well, I I think, yes, that's, that's certainly one thing. Um, you know, I, I think that if you take a look at Colorado, we know they had Panarin in yesterday. I think they're a long shot, but I, that is a guy I understand that the avalanche have been after for quite some time. Like when I, I believe when Panarin first made it clear last summer, right before the draft, that he wasn't going to extend with Columbus. I believe Colorado was one of the teams that really wanted to get their hands on him. I, I think they're a long shot, but you know, you got to shoot your shot, right? Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they're in on uh, Matt Zuccarello, if they don't get Panarin. Uh, I could see Colorado potentially doing that. Uh, And then we'll see what else is out there. You know, Dallas, um, you know, I think Dallas is in on Joe Pavelski. um, And we'll see what else is out there. But, you know, they're, they're both trying to do things. I mean, there's no question that Colorado is headed in a very powerful direction. And Dallas got the game seven of the second round. And Nobody likes to go backwards. They both did. So nobody likes to go backwards. Um, what do we know about uh, other visits? Clearly, you had mentioned that Dale Talon wants everyone in Florida ASAP. Let's get this band together. But what else do we know? And what can you tell us about Bobrovsky and Panarin's interest for, you know, the, the I guess, what, east side of Florida? Well, I, you know, I, I mean, look, I think a lot of people are, ever since they, uh Panarin made the agent change, and they now belong to the same agent, Paul Theofanis. A lot of people have expected that they will be a package deal. Um, But there aren't a lot of teams that could do it. I mean, Florida is definitely one, and I would say until Leonard and Lee get signed, or if they get signed, you know, the Islanders could potentially do it. You know, before this season and before Robin Leonard had the year he did with Thomas Grice, there were a lot of people who thought Bobrovsky was ticketed for the Islanders. Now, you know, there's been changes there. They had a great year. They might feel that Leonard and Grice is, is the duo they want to go with. But, you know, until they still got room. So you, and with Lou Lamorello, you always assume he's up to something. So I would rank them as Florida Islanders. I think the Rangers will still try to be in on Panarin. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the Devils wanted to get in on Panarin. 
But again, I think that might be a longer shot. Um, you know, to me, Bobrovsky is the guy that makes the most sense for Florida. I've always believed that, you know, Joel Quenville, um, to get him to go to Florida, I believe they said to him that they would get goaltending. So I think Bobrovsky is most likely out, uh, outlet is there. And I think they're going to take a run at both guys. It's funny you mentioned the Devils, Elliot, because that you know we were spitballing earlier today, and I'd mentioned them as a sneaky team for Bobrovsky. Obviously, that's not going to be the case, but they make the big move on Saturday for Subban. Do you get the sense this this team is done, or is there more there for Ray Shero? I think potentially there's more. I mean, I'm sure they'll make a call to Panarin to see if they could do that. I mean, but the biggest thing they probably have to do is get some clarity from Taylor Hall, and in the short term, I don't think. There's going to be any of that. I mean, obviously, they made a huge move. They got Subban. Um, you know, I'm curious to see what else they could decide to come up with. I, I think they will look for uh, uh, wingers, uh, and I think they will try to add some scoring depth. But their biggest question, I think, was on defense, and now they've kind of answered that. I, I think New Jersey's kind of an organization that looks at it like we needed to add everywhere. Well, now they've got Hughes and they've got Subban, and they haven't really subtracted anything. So um, now I think the question becomes how much more do they think they've got to add. Fair enough. Uh, Pavelski's fascinating. I would suggest he'll have a bigger offer outside of San Jose, but will his heart keep him there, or at least the – you know, that uh, bond that all those players play, they want to stay there unless they absolutely can't get something close. Well, I think the issue with Pavelski is term. Um, uh, you know, I, I, you know, the thing that really helps Pavelski is his birthday is July 11th. So he's 11 days because he was a little bit, because he was born a little bit later, he's not in over 35 deal. And cause he's turning 35 in July, but the cutoff is July 1st. So, you know, he's, that really helps. Um, so it, it, the Sharks, though, have made it very clear, just like with Marlowe the year before, uh, or the couple years before, there's a limit to what they will do. And so he's going to look. And, like, I, I've heard he's going to visit Dallas. I've heard he's going to visit Tampa. Um, you know, and I, I've heard that there are situations that were interested in him that he looked at and said, they're not close enough to winning, so I don't think that interests him as much. So it's obvious to me that he wants a winning situation. Um, he could always circle back to San Jose, that's for sure. But I know the issue with the Sharks has been termed. Elliot Freeman's our guest. I'll stick with the Sharks, Elliot. Um, I know that there's still some hurdles to be jumped, but could you see a Patrick Marler reunion? I can, but, you know... You know, the, the Marlowe trade obviously broke on the weekend. I think he's going to have to be willing to do a pretty low salary. Like, you know, one of the things that was coming out of the draft was would he be willing to go for close to the minimum? Um, now, I mean, we'll see if that's true, but that's one of the things that was going around at the draft that San Jose made it clear that he didn't have a ton of money to throw around at him. So, I mean, we'll see if he's willing to do that or something close. Um, but that's kind of where we are right now. I mean, I think the Sharks are still trying to clear some more cap room. I think they've really tried to move Aaron Dell. Um, but, you know, with the cap being a little bit tighter, I think that's a, a bit tough right now. Although I think goaltenders have some value because, as you know, not everybody's got two of them. 
I, just on, on Marlowe, because it is a 35-plus deal, if Carolina were to buy that out, there's obviously no cap relief. What's the payout to Patty? The payout to Patty? Yeah, Marlowe. Um, he gets... He gets... Uh, what is, I, th- I, think it, I think basically it's 3.7... It costs you three point seven. It cost the team three point seven million to do it. I think. Okay. Yeah, I was just asking Mar- based on the. Because the... Marlowe's got two bonuses. He's got one July first. He's got another one in December. And so I, I was told that basically it cost Carolina three point seven million to do it. And I know there were. I think there was another team that was considering it, um, but I think there was also another team that was. Um, I think there was also another team that said no. At least one more team that said no because they didn't want to pay $3.7 million for a first-rounder. Carolina has not shown a ton of willingness to pay what tends to be market value. They didn't want to do it for a GM. Uh, you know, The whole song and dance with Bill Peters leaving was interesting to watch. It sounds like the initial conversations with Al haven't gone well. Uh, and now we're getting word that perhaps they are not in the same ballpark with that uh, – platoon of netminders that they had last year. No, I think both of them could be gone. What's going on here? Because they would have made a lot of money here, and, and I, I, it was such a great year. You'd hate to follow that up with the with with a lesser year, but the, I, this is fascinating to me because there isn't a lot of track record with his owner. Well, I think he's made it very clear that he sees it as everything is worth this, and he's not going above this. Like hmm. that That's what he believes. That it, that he places a value on something, and you're not getting above that. You know that's that's what he believes, and so, and I think all the players there know that. That and the agents there know that. If if he if he feels that your value is X, and you say, well, I think my value is Y, and if Y comes in above X, he's not inclined to go there. Now, there's always could be exceptions or situations where he says, okay, but clearly with Morazic and uh, McElhinney, he's in a spot where he says no. So, you know, I think that's the way it's going to be with him. Um, and, you know, uh, the one thing about Dundon is, like a lot of owners, after the seasons they had, they kind of feel pressure. Like, I better do this, I better do that. I, I don't know if he feels the same way. I don't know if that's the... I don't know if the same kind of thing applies to him. I mean, we'll find out. We've got to see where all of this lands. But people who negotiate with him tell me that he assigns a value. And if he thinks you come at him over that value, then he's not that interested. So two things from that, I guess the first one. He just spent $3.7 million on a first-rounder. Yeah. That's crazy. He just bought a first-round pick. <laughs> two things from that, Elliot. So obviously, he considers that valuable. Yeah, no doubt. I would too. Um, uh, I guess on that front, because maybe his um, stubbornness to not go above a certain value, does that mean you could see Aho being vulnerable to an offer sheet? And the second part of that is um, with both goalies leaving and they're looking for a guy who can play games, would Mike Smith yeah. be a fit in Carolina? I, I think so. I, I mean, why not? I mean, you know, like they're going to have to find two goalies at least. And well, I mean, you assume that Nadel, they might think Nadelkovic, who won the Calder Cup, can play for them, but you're going to want a veteran there too, right? Mm-hmm. So you got to think that he's he's going to be on their radar. 
You know, I wonder if the team up the road has Smith on their radar too. Um, but that would be a pretty old tandem. So, yeah. you know, you always look for people who know people, right? Like Dave Tippett knows Mike Smith as well as anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I, I mean, if you need two goalies, you could do a hell of a lot worse than Mike Smith. Uh, talk to us about uh, the Calgary Flames. There was a thought that if they could uh, get some cap relief by moving Michael Frolik and or TJ Brody, that uh, you know that wouldn't have surprised anyone over the weekend. They, they couldn't do that. They sounded like they tried to get more picks. They couldn't do that. It felt like a draft where a lot of teams were trying to move down and get more picks, so obviously that makes it more difficult to do. Uh, just because it didn't happen this weekend, does that, uh, in your mind, dampen a likelihood of either of these things happening or not? I, I don't know much about Brody, in terms of anything new, but I did hear, I think there are a couple of teams interested in Philippe. Um, I do think that's a possibility. Um, I, as a matter of fact, I wouldn't be hugely surprised if it happened before July 1st with him. Um, you know, it, it comes down to a deal that, that you guys have to like, but, you know, I, I had some teams tell me that Philippe's name was out there and they, they heard of Nibbles. So um, there's something We'll see if it goes anywhere. I didn't hear as much about Brody. That doesn't mean it's not happening or not on the radar. It's just I heard Freleek's name more often, and I heard about situations where apparently there was interest. So we'll see how it all works out. Would that deal look like a lot of cap relief for Calgary in terms I of the, so. the key? I, I heard like it was draft picks and stuff like that. Low, like nothing too high, but I heard draft picks. So now they're a year away if that deal goes through. <laughs> easier What's on Saturday. That? Easier on Saturday when you can step to the podium and use picks. Now you got to wait a year if it happens. Yeah, but you know what? I think obviously you're looking for the cap relief, right? Yeah. That's more important than the pick. This class of RFAs. Anything uh, that we should be watching? Clearly, if Mitch Marner does his uh, offer sheet tour, that would be very intriguing to follow. But any other spots particularly hot at this point? That does sound like the most tense of all the negotiations. Well, it definitely like it, it's definitely the most public, right? Um, you know, actually, something happened today I thought was really interesting. So I wrote last week about the cap that it's going to be artificially suppressed this year and next, and uh, we found out this year they did it, and the expectation is next year they did it. And one one exec said to me, he said, "I wonder if there's anybody who's an RFA who's going to take a two-year deal and say, okay, I'm doing this now.'" And I'm going to take more advantage when the cap goes up. And one guy, he's not a big guy, but I think he's a really talented player, did that today. And that was Travis Sanheim from Philadelphia. He took a two-year deal. Like If that guy goes the way he's going, and he played his weak side last year, he's going to cash in. Yeah. And I wonder, now, I don't know if the big group is going to do that. You know, I, I, spoke, I had a long conversation with a couple of teams on the weekend about where we're going with these two, uh, with these, this group of big RFAs. And the biggest thing that they, the problem that they see is nobody wants to sign first hmm. because they don't want their deal to look bad. And you know what? Also, when you get this close, you might as well go to July 1st anyway to see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know if anything will happen. I mean, obviously, the Marner one has been off the rails and nasty at times. Um, you know, the Aho one, I think, has been a total st- a stalemate. And because of what we talked about with Dundon, 
I think he's got. A, he may just have a limit. Now, you know, I, I think that it'll be interesting to see, and this is projecting, but in two and a half months, who's not at training camp? Do we have anybody else who goes to December 1st this year? And how do teams react? But I think the first question is, are we going to get an offer sheet? And, um, you know, I don't know. Um, you know, Berkey said this morning in Toronto, he thinks there'll be one, but not the Marner one. He thinks there'll be something else. We'll find out. But, you know, I, I'll tell you this. If the Leafs do get offer sheeted, and I've said this before, a couple of teams have told me the last thing they want to see is Toronto with cap room and extra draft picks. Because then they're going to make everybody else's life miserable. Yeah, the wealthiest and, team in the sport. That's not the yeah. one you want vengeful, right? Exactly. So, I mean, but the biggest thing is, as guys told me, is that of all these star players, nobody seems to want to go first. And so who's going to... And then they say, when you get this close, you probably wait anyway. So we'll see. We'll see where this goes. But I liked what Sanheim did today. I, I really thought that was a smart move for an up-and-coming player like him whose best is yet to come. Two-year deal, and then the cap goes up. Smart play. Which would you handicap as, as the, the favorite of the RFAs to get an offer sheet, or would that be foolhardy and you'd get your radio? Uh, I'd probably get radio, so I don't know. Let me rephrase then. Uh, no surprise to you that you're seeing Kapanen and Janssen close to done, if not done, given that well, you know, those guys I could have been targets? I, they, they could have been targets. Particularly Kapanen, I think, would have been a target. I thought it was interesting. Like Dubis, Kyle Dubis is a guy who always comes out and talks about, you know, how much he likes his players and he loves them to be part of the family that is the Toronto Maple Leafs. And he, he, you know, what he said on Thursday night, the night before the draft, was a very different tone for him. He said, we might not match the offer sheet with Marner. And he talked about how Marlowe was probably coming back. And, you know, 36 hours later, Marlowe was gone. And suddenly they had the room to sign uh, those two other guys. And they're very good deals. They're, I mean, look, look every, every player who's, who's any player is making either 3-2, which is Kappen, or 3-4, which is Janssen, hey, we'd all take that money. But those are all team-friendly deals, right? Mm-hmm. And I think there's structure there. Like, I think they gave those guys bonuses and some upfront money, too. Like, Toronto did what Toronto could do. But I think though he made it clear to those guys that if things didn't change, they were going to be gone. And, uh, you know, I, I think it was a little heavier a message than we're used to seeing from Dubas, but he got some business done after it, which I thought was pretty interesting. I have two more for you, Elliot. The first one is with the JT Miller trade and Ryan Callahan's injured back. The Lightning have got a bit of relief. Are they done? Because they still have obviously got to be real tricky here with not a ton of cash space and a lot of RFAs to sign. How, how close are you watching Tampa the next week or so? Uh, well, I, I'm watching them very closely. I mean, first of all, look, t- Toronto had to give up a first rounder to trade Marlowe. Nashville got nothing for Subban, basically, because uh, the, the the Devils took all the money. And Tampa, which needed cap relief, got a first-rounder for J.T. Miller. Thanks, Jim. So it was, it was a bit of a surprise. Um, you know, Callahan, they could still trade Callahan's contract. And I wouldn't be surprised. Like, there's two teams trying to do stuff like that right now, the Lightning – and the Golden Knights, who have Clarkson. 
And they were offering a fifth rounder around the draft to take Clarkson's contract. Um, you know, I think Tampa, like if the, the Pavelski thing is real and depending on what it is, and I do think there's something to it, they may still have to do more. We'll see. But it's interesting times, guys. Like it, it, it really is. I think the Lightning, like they're, win- they're in it to win it and they're going for it. And, you know, they, they, they've, got to, they've got to sign point. And I know there have been rumors of a bridge deal. I don't think so. They've got to sign Vasilevsky in a year. And Bobrovsky's deal probably determines what Vasilevsky gets. Um, I'm really curious to see how they're going to handle all this. The one thing about them is they keep on churning out good players. Like, you know, Ernie, Sorelli, they get all these young guys. Jeez, they... They just they develop guys while they have good players, and that's pretty impressive. My final one for you. Obviously, we've talked a lot about offer sheets. The RFA deadline is tomorrow. I know not qualifying a player doesn't mean you're walking away, but what are you watching for? Is there names that we should be watching for when that deadline hits at Three Mountain tomorrow? Yeah, Burakovsky from Washington. He's one. Uh, Nichushkin from uh, uh, Dallas. And the thing about Nichushkin is because he's under 25, they only have to buy him out at one-third instead of two-thirds. So because of a really rough year he had last year, he's vulnerable. You know, those are probably a couple of the ones that stand out most to me. All right. Uh, anything else you're, you're waiting to see unfold in the near future? Like I would think you're, you're probably on who's visiting who watch right now in this courting period. Yeah, there's certainly a lot of that. I think you... You know, I mean, the Myers thing in Vancouver, I mean, uh, you know, I, I wonder, you know, who paid for that dinner last night. Um, I, I mean, look, it sounds like there's a limit to what you can do and, and during this time. They, they sent out a memo a couple of years ago, but you can talk about what you'd be willing to do. I, I think there's a. I think most people now would be very surprised if Tyler Myers ended up anywhere but Vancouver. Really? Wow. Does yeah. that take them out of the Jake Gardner sweepstakes? I imagine it well, would. Well, you know what? I I think once they re-signed Edler, Gardner was probably out. Okay. Um, because after that, they needed a righty. Um. So, I mean, I, I got to think that, like I said, it, it would just be a big surprise if he ended up anywhere but Vancouver. Fascinating stuff out there. Last year, the GM's deal. The owner says, yeah, we're competitive. They moved the first. I, that, Vancouver is going to be fun to watch, I tell you. Yeah, you know, I got to tell you, like, I, I really like Myers as a person. Um, I think he's a really honest, stand-up guy. Um, you know, I, I, it's, it's going to be tough for him. Like, you already see what the reaction is there, right? It's a hard market to go into yep. when it's like that. And I'm not interested in fighting with the Vancouver fans again, but it's a, you know, it's like, it's, it's tough. You know, you, he's, uh, you know, he's walking into, uh, he's walking into a really tough situation. I, I really like Tyler. I think he's, uh, a really decent guy. And, you know, I, I think this has just been made, unfortunately, a lot harder on him. Oh, he's so tall, Elliot. He's got a long stick. He could, he's really versatile. Uh, we'll talk next week, shall we? All right, guys. Take care.